I'll finally lift my mic. <laughs> um, I'm going to move this back because I usually rely on reading faces and now I have to read eyes, so I'm definitely not going to be missing your eyes, guys. So I'll just move myself back. Um, the brief is five to seven minutes, and I think we all know that I'll find that quite difficult, so bear with me. Um, you may find you're here for a little bit longer. Thank you. <sighs> okay. Whoever left this bottle here last week or a few weeks ago, I found it in the kitchen because I'm thirsty, so I will take it home and bleach it, and I'll return it, and my apologies to whoever I've stolen it from. Um, and I wear PPE all week, I'm really quite tight. Okay. Um, it's such a privilege to stand before you. Um, it's many months since I've stood here and spoken to you, and that was in the pre-COVID world. Um, and it feels utterly humbling to stand and look at you all again. Um, and to those of you who are online, you're so welcome. And I trust that you feel a connection to what is happening here in the room this morning. Um, this series came out of a conversation, really, between us and senior leadership team. And we were talking about that, that verse in Proverbs that says, the right word at the right time, beautiful. And so I've so enjoyed listening to different members of the community sharing about the word that this season perhaps has resonated for them or has spoken to them. And, and I hope that what I bring to you this morning will encourage you. And my hope is that I'm speaking on the sustaining promises of God that have nourished me and that have reminded me that I am very small and that he is very, very big and that in that there is freedom. So I've been thinking about a John Ortberg quote. For many of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith. It is that we will become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we settle for a mediocre version of it. We will just skim our lives instead of actually living them. And that is in his latest book, and I found it very challenging and very powerful. And I decided this week, as I started to think about this morning, that I would look back at the last two times I spoke and see what perhaps I had prepared then and to see what they offered me because I've been thinking about do we, do I just skim my life and live a pretty mediocre version of it instead of living it fully. Um, and so I look back at the last two times I spoke. I spoke on the 23rd of February here in Redeemer and I talked about Sabbath. And my final words were, may I know grace to embrace my finite smallness in the arms of God's infinite greatness. And I ended with an exhortation to us all from Thessalonians, make it your ambition to live a quiet life. I looked at those words this week and I looked at the work that I'd done to prepare that preach about Tim Mackey of the Bible Project says that the practice of Sabbath helps to remind us that none of our days are actually our own, that in giving up a full day to God, it keeps that rhythm going every week that reminds us we're in charge of practically nothing. And if ever this year has taught us anything, surely it is that truth. The next time I spoke was the 8th of March. I was crammed in a tiny cafe in Newry at the Church Without Walls, a really beautiful community. 
and I spoke from my heart. We were sitting in a room, there was 60 maybe more of us, tiny wee spaces. We were all on top of ourselves, each other. We were drinking coffee, we were singing. And I felt that the Lord wanted me to talk about holding on to hope while you wait. And I spoke that night from my heart and I read all that stuff again this week. And I thought, I was speaking about holding on to hope while we wait for the kingdom of Jesus to break across this land, to break into this street, to break into this city. And the only way that's going to happen is when we live transformed lives. And the, the beauty of Jesus and the spirit of Jesus flows out to all around us. But how do we live in hope while we wait? And I, I talked that night about how joy, true joy, the joy that I believe is from the Lord comes from not pretending that everything is fine, but by holding truth and hope together. Joy affirms that despite all the pain, the disappointment, the trouble, the grief, love always prevails and love will always win. And I spoke that night of how the joy of the Lord is my strength. It is my intentional decision on a daily basis. And I look back at those two pieces of work that I did in February and March, not knowing what was going to come, not knowing what we were going to live. And I, I was humbled this week before God saying, you were getting me ready. You were giving me words that I would hold on to and cling to in the world, that, the very bizarre world that we are now living in. And so I wonder and I encourage you that if you journal, go back and look at your January and your February journals. Go back and look at what you were reading and what you were thinking about. Because it suddenly occurred to me this week that the Lord was preparing me and preparing us or those who I was talking to about holding on to hope and about remembering that we're in charge of practically nothing practically nothing and there's something beautiful in that Tim Mackey that guy I love from the Bible project he says tragedy crashes into our lives and reminds us that we are not the masters of pretty much anything I want to talk about what happened then for me personally in terms of COVID. So as you know, I work in the NHS in mental health and um, I love the NHS. I'm immensely proud of it. Uh, <laughs> I've worked in it for 36 years, but I, I, own, it. Uh, I own that we are not um, 21st century ready. And so COVID has forced us to come, in terms of mental health work, to come kicking and screaming into the 21st century. We now have a very groovy website. We have downloadable resources. We have podcasts. We are all over it. I have loved it. But um, we were used to, if you came into our clinic in February, we handed you some paper to go and read. Now we give you a website link. How amazing are we? So COVID has trailed us into the 21st century. But leading a team in mental health in COVID has been very, very challenging. Uh, and very stretching of me. Um, anxiety is in the very air that we breathe every day. Family life is not pretty in Northern Ireland. I don't need to go over the statistics of domestic abuse, of murders of children, of harm, of suicide in the last nine months. But we should be dysregulated and distressed at the state of family life and the state of children's lives in our cities.
And as the people of Jesus, we need to think, what are we doing? How are we living transformed lives? So work became very, very difficult, very, very challenging, but also kind of exciting. I do like a challenge. My personal life changed in that I have elderly parents, and so for the last nine months, I've been doing pretty much everything they've needed. And when your 84-year-old mother gives you her shopping list in the middle of a pandemic where you've got to queue to get into the NHS shopping hour because you get in early and it's not so annoying, and on her list is Brasso, you think, Mom, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Your brass ornaments can wait. So I was stretched emotionally in work. I was stretched physically and responsibility-wise with family responsibilities. Two of our three children in March lived in England. Now in November, three of our three children live in England. And, and missing them and not seeing them has been like a visceral pain in my body at times. And not knowing when we'd all be together, having one event after the other cancelled. Um, deeply pained me and I realized that everything that kind of nourished me and kept me going outside of my faith was being taken from me. The rhythms and routines that I enjoyed were taken away and it was back to just me and Jesus. Madeleine and Engel has written a beautiful book called A Swiftly Tilting Planet and she says the world has been abnormal for so long that we've forgotten what it's like to live in a peaceful and reasonable climate. If there is to be any peace or reason, we must create it in our own hearts and in our own homes. And perhaps that's the journey that you've been on as well, in a world that has got so anxious and dysregulated and fearful and changing and things that we rely on taken from us, we have to create peace within our own lives and within our own hearts. And that has been the challenge, perhaps, for us all. If you think of the Greek word for God in the, New, the Old Testament, it was never designed to be spoken. It was Yahweh, breathe in, Yah, breathe out, way. Not spoken, just breathed. And I have clung to that understanding of God in this season. In a season when we've been reminded that breath begins and ends our lives. Our first breath is how we come into being and we take our last breath and it's over. And perhaps what we need to be doing when we breathe every breath is saying Yahweh, God, Jesus, be near. The two verses that have sustained me throughout this season have been Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. And the other promise that is my go-to is Lamentations 3, 22. His mercies are new every morning. And when I looked and did some soul work over the course of COVID, I realized that I loved be still and know that I am God when I chose the stillness, when I was in charge of the stopping. I find that a really comforting verse. But when I realized, what I saw in my heart was that when stillness was put upon me, as it has been in this season, I reeled against it, I, I fought it, I gave off about it, I got fed up about it, because actually I still want to be in control. And really the peace and the joy comes from knowing that we are not in control. 
and so be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. That is a beautiful promise. That is a sustaining promise. But the stillness comes sometimes when we don't choose it. And as someone who has struggled with anxiety at periods over my life, over the course of my life, I love that verse in Lamentations, his mercies are new every morning. And how I've made sense of that verse for me, and I offer it to you, is that I simply need to live today. I simply need enough for today because tomorrow his mercies will be new. And I can't spend today thinking about tomorrow because his mercies will come and they will come and they will come. But I won't know what they are until I need them. And so I have tried over the course of this time to daily breathe Yahweh, to focus on the fact that he is in charge and he is in control and all of this stuff that is happening in the world is beyond us and we don't need to sort it out or control it. We simply need to breathe, breathe in and breathe out Yahweh. We need daily graces and in a world that we have lived in for the last nine months, and I would imagine we'll live in for quite some time yet, perhaps the challenge for you is to learn to breathe in and breathe out, see God in everything, above everything, and in everything. Ryan talked about hope there just at the beginning, and I kind of want to I want to give you a quote from Walter Brueggemann. And maybe it'll resonate with some of you. It has resonated deeply with me. Real hope comes only after despair. Only if we have tasted despair. Only if we have known the deep sadness of unfulfilled dreams and promises. Only if we dare to look reality in the face and name it for what it is, can we dare to imagine a better way. And I don't know in this season what sadness or what grief or what loss or unfulfilled hopes that you have walked in. But I would encourage you this morning that hope will now come, but it only comes after despair. And it we have to name it and own it and then move into it. Hope is subversive precisely because it dares to admit that all in the world and in our lives is not as they should be. And so I choose, and I'm inviting you to choose, to hold out for, work for, create, prophesy, and live into something better for the kingdom to come, for oaks of righteousness to tar in this city and in our lives, for the leaves to blossom and bring healing to the nations, for swords to be beaten into plowshares, for joy to come in the morning, and for redemption and justice to come in our lives and in the lives of those around us. Those are the words that have sustained me in these seasons, in this season. I trust and I hope that they will bring sustenance and nourishment to you. I invite you to cling to truth and hope because in truth and hope there is true joy and I trust that that is yours in these days. Bless you, Redeemer. <laughs>